0: Hey there, we're Michael and Kenzie, and this is the Magic in Our Garage podcast.
1: We love Disney, and we thought what better way to share our love than through a podcast?
0: Hi, welcome to the Magic in Our Garage. I'm Michael.
1: And I'm Mackenzie.
0: Today we're going to be talking about Toy Story Land. The much-hyped land that's going to be opening up in Disney Hollywood Studios later in 2018. We just found out that it's going to open up on June 30th, so get excited for that.
1: Yeah, it's going to be the largest expansion since Sunset Boulevard opened in 1994.
0: Although it's the biggest expansion for Disney Hollywood Studios in Florida, it's not a completely new concept for Disney. They actually already have Toy Story Land open today in Paris and Hong Kong, not to mention Shanghai that's going to open sometime just before Disney Hollywood Studios.
1: Yeah, a lot of information has actually come out recently about the land, and then of course the rumor mill has been going crazy for some time, so we are going to discuss a little bit of both today, starting with when you walk in and enter the land.
0: When you walk into the land, the idea is that it's going to shrink you down to the size of one of Andy's toys. The land is filled with many of his toys. You'll see them scattered throughout the park. From the Slinky Dog coaster, I know you can see Rex, I know you can see Jesse, you can see Sarge and some of the army men. All in all, this land is going to take up about 11 acres. For reference, Pandora, the World of Avatar, that just opened in Animal Kingdom is 12. And Star Wars land that's set to open next year is going to be about 14 acres. So as far as new lands go, this one's right on par with what seems to be Disney's new formula.
1: Yeah, so the land itself is going to feature two new attractions, Slinky Dog Dash and Alien Swirling Saucers. There's going to be one new quick service restaurant called Woody's Lunchbox, and it's going to have a new entrance to Toy Story Midway Mania. I know that that's a a big favorite and it's also very family friendly so it's not really going to be a land for thrill seekers necessarily. All right so that's kind of the quick overview of what the land's going to have but let's kind of take a deeper dive into the attractions themselves.
0: All right so let's start with Slinky Dog Dash. So Slinky Dog Dash is in the same vein as Seven Dwarves Mine Train that you'll see over in Magic Kingdom. It's a family-friendly roller coaster themed around Slinky Dog. The story goes that Andy used his Mega Coaster Play Kit to build this roller coaster in his backyard and then put Slinky Dog onto the track. It's going to feature at least two launches, similar to Space Mountain, where you've got two places for people to get on the ride. Originally, the ride was to have a traditional lift, but that feature was removed along with numerous trenches. So now the ride is going to take place extensively above ground, One thing that's unique about this roller coaster is that a lot of the track is exposed. For most Disney coasters, you see that the track is hidden. Really, the only other one where the track is exposed is California Screamin' over in Disneyland. The ride's going to feature various larger-than-life toys, like I was saying before. You're going to see giant models of Jesse and Rex. Jesse's going to be holding up giant Christmas lights that will add ambiance to the land after dark, similar to the glowing Ephemera that you'll see over in Pandora, World of Avatar. This ride's also going to feature on-ride photos and Fast Pass. I'm hoping it'll have an on-ride video, too, similar to Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Rumor has it that, as far as Fast Passes are concerned, Slinky Dog Dash is going to be in the same Tier 1 as Toy Story Mania. That means, for you guys, that you won't be able to book both Toy Story Mania and Slinky Dog Dash as part of your initial three pre-visit Fast Pass reservations. Hopefully that means, well, traditionally, up until now, Toy Story Midway Mania has been one of if not the go-to fast pass in disney hollywood studios so i think the idea here is to to mitigate some of the lines that you might see once the new coaster does open maybe if the slinky dog dash line becomes super long that means that fewer people will be committing to toy story midway mania which is a plus
1: yeah but anyway that's just a rumor so keep that in mind that could definitely change The second attraction is alien swirling saucers and Disney described this on their website as once the aliens have powered up their flying saucers, you'll get to climb into a toy rocket and hang on as the aliens lead the way on an interstellar romp set to an out of this world beat and if you're really lucky, you might just get chosen by the claw. So this ride is an updated version of a traditional whip ride with guests sitting in carriages themed as toy rockets. And the toy rockets are attached to the back of small UFOs that the little green aliens navigate. The claw itself hangs from the ceiling in this ride. And if the concept art is any indication, the ride will actually feature a pretty impressive sound and light package that's really going to help sell that story of you being inside the claw machine very similar to Dumbo and the Magic Kingdom, it's believed that this ride is actually going to have two mirrored ride systems. So well, the way it's going to be is about a dozen cars can load separately from one another, and each car will seat guests, placing the ride capacity at around 48 guests at a time. So this will make it a ride that will be able to kind of eat a high volume of guests pretty quickly. And touringplans.com is actually estimating that the ride duration will be around three minutes. And the ride's gonna be pretty similar to Mater's Junkyard Jamboree and Disney's California Adventure, if you've been there before. The only major difference is that this one's actually gonna be covered, which is extremely nice and important because it's in Florida and it is a very kid-friendly ride and obviously you don't wanna be too hot on it. So there really aren't a lot of kid-friendly rides in Hollywood Studios, especially right now. So this is definitely going to be one of them on that list.
0: I think between the two, I'm more excited about Slinky's Coaster. I think it's going to be kind of like Flight of Passage and Navi River Journey in terms of the relationship between these two rides. One will be more a little bit more exciting, and the other one will be a little bit more themed, maybe kid-friendly.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've been on Mater's Junkyard Jamboree before and I mean it was fun but I mean I don't know it wasn't anything to ride home about I feel like so I think it's going to be very very similar in this case.
0: All right so let's talk about Woody's Lunchbox. Uh, According to Disney's website Andy has used his lunchbox and thermos to create a walk-up quick service window that will serve up tasty meals and old-fashioned soda floats. Woody's Lunchbox is surrounded by some of Andy's favorite toys and lunch items. The restaurant will serve breakfast lunch and dinner. Mini Baby Bell will be sponsoring the location, which means we can expect plenty of cheese at this new dining location. We don't know a ton about its menu right now, but we do know in terms of location, the restaurant and its restrooms will be situated near the rear exit of Toy Story Land, which will eventually become the second entrance into Star Wars Land.
1: Yeah, I think it's kind of weird, the cheese thing. I mean, cheese is really not on the top of my list when it's really hot out to eat. <laughs> it just doesn't sound very appetizing. So that seems like an interesting sponsor. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm as big a fan of cheese as you will find, but milk in the middle of the day on a hot summer day. Yeah, not my, not my first choice in that situation, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what it's going to look like. I'm sure Disney will figure it out, not to mention that lactose intolerant people might be somewhat limited, but I'm just speculating there.
1: Yeah, I'm sure that they'll have normal things like any quick service location would have, especially since this is going to be geared towards a more kid-friendly audience, at least that's what it seems like. I would think that they would have normal things there too, to choose from, so we will see how that all pans out. So the last feature of Toy Story Land will be the existing attraction, Toy Story Midway Mania. And the current attractions entrance in Pixar Place will have its entrance relocated in Toy Story Land. And once the land opens, the current Pixar Place is expected to close, but it is speculated to become a meet and greet location for other Pixar characters. So that would definitely be a good use of the space.
0: I think this makes a lot of sense Toy Story Midway Mania has always been one of my favorite rides. I think it does a good job of combining your standard ride with the 3D elements and the goggles. A lot of times, like for example, for Flight of Passage, it it takes advantage of the 3D, but you're just sitting in a chair the whole time. At least this one's moving around on the track, so you get a little bit of the motion and the picture combinations.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, another interesting thing, too, is once the Star Wars Galaxy Edge land opens next year, it's expected that the recently reimagined area, now known as Grand Avenue, will be used as the entrance with large staging area for those waiting to enter, and what may be the most anticipated land to ever open at Walt Disney World since Epcot in 1982.
0: And then the idea is that guests would exit Star Wars Galaxy Edge into Toy Story Land. This means that Right after Star Wars Land opens next year, Toy Story Land will be busiest in the evenings. Until then, the land is expected to be busiest both first thing in the morning and in the evening because it's the hot new thing.
1: Yeah. Well, what are you most excited for in this land?
0: I think I'm most excited for Slinky's coaster. I think it's similar to things we've seen before. It's not a particularly thrilling roller coaster. It's very character heavy. It's likely to have the tier 1 fast pass and the photo experience on board which is things we've seen before with Mine Train Space Mountain. We haven't seen too many Disney coasters with an exposed track so that'll be somewhat exciting. It'll be interesting to see how that ends up changing the experience relative to Mine Train or even Rock 'n' Roller Coaster which is entirely indoors. So I you know I'm going into it with an open mind. I I love Toy Story, it's been a big part of my life. So and as I mentioned in the last episode or one of the previous episodes, Pixar is one of my favorite parts about Disney.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting that they chose for it to have an exposed track just mostly because it is so hot in Florida most of the year that it's just going to be boiling. So I really hope that the line is covered, especially because I'm sure the line for that is going to be crazy for a while. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot harder to enjoy rides when they have that exposed track system when the weather isn't nice, which again is, most of the time and when it's raining they're going to have to close it so that's also going to cause a lot of issues so anyway i'm interested to see how that plays out i am excited to ride it though i'm sure it'll be fun i'm, I'm hoping that it's a little bit more thrilling than mine train is i hope it's a little bit more like big thunder mountain but again i, I could see why they would make it more like mine train because it is really kid friendly and that one is so popular i mean the wait times for that are still ridiculous now and it's been open for a long time so my guess is it's going to be more similar than Mind Train. I think I'm just trying to set my expectations appropriately just because I don't want to be disappointed. So I'd rather just have low expectations and then like be really excited and happier than I thought I was going to (laughs) be rather than have really high expectations and go into it and then it's not exactly what I thought. So I'm just trying to not think too much about it while still obsessing over every detail that comes out. (laughs)
0: Yeah, so not on the ride side of things, but on the restaurant side of things. We've noted before that this uh, this park doesn't have a ton of restaurants or a ton of variety or a ton of quality ones. So I'm thinking that's going to lend itself to us trying this restaurant, if assuming it's not super busy when we go in September. Uh, it is quick service and we tend to do more table dining because of the allergies, but I wouldn't be surprised if we stopped by and enjoyed maybe not one of the cheese things but one of the other items on the menu, TBD.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. We also want to try Sotuli Canteen. We didn't try that last time, and we were kind of bummed out that we didn't have an opportunity. So I don't know. Maybe we'll have to do some extra snacking when we're there this time. (laughs) Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, So any, any closing thoughts on the land in summary?
1: No, I mean, I'm excited. I'm definitely ready for um, something new to experience and it's definitely going to make our trip that much more fun and exciting and can't wait to see what they do with it.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see what they do with it. I will say one thing that I noticed was it does feel like Disney's found somewhat of a formula that works for them when they're talking about expanding these parks. Rather than opening up a whole new park all at once, which I guess is still possible in the future, For the existing parks, what Disney seems to be doing is they found a formula where they'll open up a new land themed around a particular world. In this case, it's Toy Story. In previous case, we saw Animal Kingdom, they did Pandora. We know next summer they've got Star Wars land opening. And it seems like we're seeing a a, a trend developing where there's two rides and a restaurant featured in each of these new lands. The two rides, one being a little bit more thrilling, a little bit more exciting than the second one, and the second one being... A little more phoned in something more that everyone can enjoy more emphasis or at least relies more on the emphasis on the theming in this case it would be slinky dog for the thrilling and then the the theming would be the aliens space coasters
1: yeah yeah i'm all about great theming right i think that can really make or break something no matter what kind of ride it is whether it's something that's less thrilling or extremely thrilling. It really can um, make a ride that much more enjoyable. So really excited to see what they do.
0: Yeah. Again, this has been the Magic in Our Garage podcast, an unofficial podcast about all things Disney. I'm Michael.
1: And I'm Mackenzie.
0: If you've enjoyed today's episode, please feel free to reach out to our email address, themagicinourgarage at gmail.com. In addition to that, if you've liked what you've heard today, Please leave us a rating or a review on iTunes Podcasts. It really does help people find the podcast. Again, this is The Magic in Our Garage. We'll see you real soon.